and welcome back to the square. It is Pride Month, uh, all month long, um, but uh, we're going to be talking uh, financials. I know everybody loves the the, the campaign finance episodes. Um, it's, it's big hits with our, our listeners, our, our 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 political baseball nerds. God knows, I love them. <laughs> we, uh, we love it, baby. Uh, uh, I'm back this week. Diamond Jim. Hey, Re here, and uh, special guest Jeff Kelly. Pleasure to be here. Uh, we're going to do news of the week first. Uh, no cold open this week. Uh, we're not we're not creative, uh, but <laughs> we're dumb. <laughs> we'll, we'll get right into the news, Slow. and then we'll break down financials in the big primaries in the area. Money, money, money. We're talking the money. We're talking the campaign finance. You know it. You love it. But first, Jim, in news of the week, the toxic airborne event here uh the fire we talked a little bit last week about the wildfires from canada maybe impacting our air quality jeff i i think it's safe to say that uh, our air quality was very much impacted the here. smoke from a distant fire yes yeah that, that blanketed the city it was really strange i'm old like compared to you guys i'm old and i have no recollection of anything like this happening here wednesday i drove from uh, downtown to kenmore and kenmore it, it was so hazy and Kenmore. It reminded me actually of like being in Los Angeles. Yeah. Like the, but the smell of it was different. The smell of it was like, there was a period when I was traveling a lot and it smelled to me like, like a war zone. Yeah. That I've been in. It's, it smelled like India, like mm-hmm. where think just things are burning, mm-hmm. which I guess is <laughs> right. Exactly what was happening. Right. But, but not close, not near us. Right. Relatively near us, I guess. Like, but like, yeah, it was just, it was just insane. It was just so crazy. I mean, I woke up Wednesday morning and like it smelled like I was like I slept next to a campfire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I woke up and I was like, oh yeah, something's on fire in the neighborhood. And then it just, nope. That is what the air is like now. Yeah. This is where you live, and um, you know, it, it it has since mostly subsided by the time of this recording. Mo- I mean, in the in the sense that it doesn't smell like a fucking campfire outside. For me, I don't know. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, the the air quality is somewhat better. Like you don't like if you're going to go like jogging, you don't necessarily like you don't absolutely have to put a mask on now, like you did on like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Probably should not spend a ton of time outdoors. Well, I, during the whole thing, I biked everywhere as I always do, and I didn't. I mean, damaged my lungs. That's mm-hmm. that train has left the station. But <laughs> right. But I was wearing, despite the the haze, the cloudiness. I was wearing sunglasses because otherwise, I was getting stuff in my eyes. Yeah, you know. Yeah, my I, my eyes were very irritated. I had a headache for like four days. Well, it's funny you mentioned being outside for an extended period of time, Jim, because this weekend was the, and still continues to be as a time of this recording, the Allentown Art Festival. Yep. yep, my least favorite festival in the city. Your least favorite festival. Well, I. I've heard that it's gotten better because I haven't gone in like almost 15 years now because I, I got oh, real mad okay. like when they kicked uh, the music as art off of like the Alan West part right? Mm-hmm. because Allentown Association was like, well, that's we're a fine arts festival and that's not art. That's not, yeah. And I was like, which part of fine art is the, the dog sweater that says who farted? Yeah. That like somebody's <laughs> selling at part of your festival or like the like melted absolute bottle that's turned into like a spoon holder. We, for for I don't know how many years I don't think I've really left the Allen West Festival. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really. Maybe I'll like sort of take a quick jog through like part of the Allentown Art Festival proper, but it's really the local side of it is more interesting yeah. to me and f- feels better. It feels yeah. like I am expressing my my disregard for their uh, some of their more stupid decisions. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard it, but like one, one of my things I and remember. That's one of them. One of the things I remember that they're like the same year that they like said, you know, the Alan West stuff and like the music, you, you, we can't have it. Um, there was somebody who was selling on black velvet a painting of Jim Kelly jumping into the end zone against the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. We can't have music here when we've got fine art but like this. But this is eternal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Uh, get, get, get those Campbell's soup cans out of here, lame guy. Right. Like, this is the pop art we're looking for. Right. Well, we were talking before the show. I mean, like the the metal work, um, like the intricate metal work that they do. I, I don't know how they do it. I assume it's some kind of like smelting or whatever, but it's not there. I didn't see the big stand with There's like. There's always one metal work thing that is like the, the, the buy of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like some copper thing you stick in your garden and it rotates and spits water, <laughs> you know, but it's got a dwarf. So, but wasn't there. So I, you know, if, if you're out there. Let us know. I'm not going to buy any of your shit. I think it's way overpriced, but I just it's comforting to know that it still exists. Yeah. Speaking of, real quick uh, of festivals, I was yesterday uh, all day for work in Jamestown for Jamestown Pride. I think it's their third annual one they've had. Um, it's interesting, like because I was I worked the week before at Buffalo Pride, and you know, Buffalo Pride, not that it's become like commercial, but like it's much more. Ref, you know, it's ten to twenty dollars to get in. There's VIP tickets. You know. Uh, the parade is still much more like opening and, and you know loosey goosey. Jamestown, it's like the Wild West, like the original, like the old Pride like festivals. The old were, Pride. Right, you know, like just like it's just on city streets. They block off, they just shut off a couple of blocks. Um, like yeah, you had vendors there, but like they like you know you had to pay money to be a vendor at Buffalo Pride. Jamestown, they're like please anybody who wants to show up, and so like that also meant like. I was I had an official spot, and then right behind me were like some Jamestown hippies who set up like they're selling like the Southern Tier version of Eric Starchild jewelry. Nice uh, with like a when they unrolled their Grateful Dead blanket to cover the table, like all I could smell was patchouli for like the next like two hours. Uh, but like, but like the nice thing about having it there like that is that when I was at Buffalo Pride, because it's ten twenty dollars whatever to get in, you saw people who were very invested. In the community there, not that the people in Jamestown weren't very invested in the community, but I saw a lot more of like random, uh, like straight dad from right. like from like Jamestown area or like one of those who's there with his kids and like he clearly feels very uncomfortable but wants to be there, like wants to be supportive. But like I didn't see that at the Buffalo Pride Festival anymore. Those, those people don't like they might go to the parade, and I'm sure they, they you see them right. at the parade because it's free, but they're not paying twenty dollars to come down to the canal side. Right. Whereas at Jamestown, yeah, the giant six foot three guy with a shaved head and a goatee wearing a southwestern football shirt is there and like you know, reaching out for his like young child's hand because he feels uncomfortable and he needs to feel more comforted. Um so it remind like so it reminded me of like the, the Pride Fest like fifteen, twenty years ago it when it was at Bidwell Park. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 was a huge change when they moved it from Bidwell Parkway. It's what they do with a lot of stuff, right? <clears throat> they they take it from like inside the community where it is like just, just it can't be avoided. It's right, right. there, and you'd, who would want to avoid it? It's great. Yeah. And then, like more and more festivals are getting sequestered into designated festival space. Right. And they're formalized, and 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 they become a little bit exclusionary. Yeah. Uh, and so like you know, it was like you know just on Third Street, right by the uh, Lucy Desi Museum in Jamestown, is where like the festival was. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it was great. Uh, it was very well attended. Um, 
you know, I think people might up here might be surprised how well it was attended. But as I was pointing out to people, like it's my understanding that the like the two Pennsylvania counties near there and like Cattaraugus and Allegheny County don't really have Pride Festivals. So it's essentially the Pride Festival for the entire southern tier northern Pennsylvania area. Because other than that, like if they if you're not going to Jamestown, that means you have to drive to either Erie or Buffalo. Right. So Well uh Jim, you know, you mentioned um a little bit earlier, just to circle back a little bit, you mentioned you talked about, you know, music is art, obviously the organization music is art, but the concept of music being art uh, is one that is, you know, near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. And we are losing one of our great curators <laughs> of said musical arts. That's right. Star 102.5 <laughs> is going the way of the dinosaur. <gasps> no more Delilah. No more Holly Jolly. Christmas songs on repeat. Are, are, that's moving to uh, 96.1, right? Yeah, 96.1 was like, we will take that Christmas stuff right away. Are they taking Delilah too? Remains to be seen. I mean, Delilah is, you know, too hot of a mm-hmm. commodity really just to go to the dustbin. But right. yeah, uh, I don't know. I feel like this is like a, the market speaking for itself. There can only be one trite pop daily hits play at the dentist's office uh, radio station. Well, I mean, I think the market speak is that... Uh, Christian radio has a lot of money to, to throw at this stuff, and they don't really care if they're making money off of it. That's not the point of them doing it, right? Because that's, that's who bought 102.5. They're doing right. it because they want market saturation to get their message out. And you know, like, if they can break even, great. If not, they'll just go back to the coffers and ask for more money to donate to keep it floating. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, <clears throat> that's a real downer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We need something a little bit more uplifting, Jim. Maybe Delilah would have yeah. been there for us. Yeah. But in lieu of Delilah, we instead have the guy who stole a bunch of parking meters <laughs> to really <laughs> put the wind in our sails. But yeah, now that, that, is, that is good news. I don't, if you haven't seen this, uh, BPD put out a press release this week that they finally uh, f- captured the scourge of the city. The individual who stole, they think, maybe at least 90 parking meters and a couple of pay-and-go stations. The biggest criminal since the gumball bandit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no longer at large. And working with a similar set of tools, I imagine. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, like, you know, it's not like, you know, back in the day where, like, those machines were full of quarters. Most of, like, the pay-and-go stations, like that, like, a lot of people are using credit cards or using the app to pay for stuff. Yeah, but there's still people like me who are oh, yeah. like, I want, I want one I can put quarters into. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, there's still some quarters, but like, it's not as, as financially lucrative to steal parking meters as it used to it's be. It's also not easy. I have a friend, uh, an architect in the city now who will go unnamed, who made a short film of some friends and he like, like taking down a parking meter that was in front of the building where they live. This is in Boston, not in Buffalo. So, you know, there's no criminal. Yeah. You know, and it's a long time ago. But they, it was in front of their building. It bothered them. So, and these guys were artists. They were sculptors. They had tools. They had like, you know, they had blow torches and, and saws and all kinds of metalworking equipment. And they went out, you know, put on their like mm-hmm. welding goggles and they cut and They're filming the whole thing. They cut it off. They hauled it up into their loft, and then the, the rest of the film is them trying to open the thing. Yeah, and it was hard, and they're like using like all there's like sparks flying. It's a beautiful film, actually. It's a short film. It's about I think takes them in the end about eighteen nineteen minutes to get into it, but they're using everything they can. And so I think about this guy like that's yeah, go with God. You, <laughs> that you, is, work, you worked hard for the money. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I'm just like fascinated. It was something the tune of like 90 of them you said, Jim? Yeah. Like, like 90 of them? How many people saw this guy like, I'm sure he did it, you know, late at night or whatever, but still it had to cause something of a ruckus. The guy who was like trying to steal the parking meters or whatever. Like, hey, what's that noise? Mm-hmm. You know, what's what's is, going on outside? It's stuff like this that Byron Brown has to contend with. This right. is why the the budget is perpetually out of balance. Right. Yeah, it's... it's it's you know it's it, this it's not that he's like overinflating expected revenues. It's that some guy comes along and steals <laughs> all your parking meters, <laughs> your right. parking meters, and that you know, that really messes with your plans. <laughs> right? Yeah, because because if not, Byron's going to be out like you know with the uh, change bag. Right. Right. Yeah, you know, with a key opening each meter to like make sure that the city coffers were taken care of. Yeah. This is why we have to get Shot Spotter in here so we can get that money flowing in. <laughs> That's right. So you can so you can hear the like. <laughs> Well, Byron better get all of those parking meters back up stat because we uh, we got a little bit of a problem, guys. I know, Jeff, you know, you've been uh, over at the Investigative Post for a long time looking at the water quality here in Buffalo and particularly the lead pipes. And it turns out it's a little uh, bit worse than we even realized previous to this. Um, There's a recent report. It was half of the... Uh, the pipes, like it's it's lead in the pipes, essentially oh, over half, over half, over half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> are, right. Are, are we like through the looking glass on this now? Because like we obviously like my whole life, I don't know everything that I've heard was like, and, and it continues to be by the way. Lead is so bad, it's so dangerous, it can stunt development. You know, like completely toxic. And now it just it seems like a like a slump of the shoulders. Like eh, like this would be something that all fucking alerts klaxons going 20 years ago if this was the 90s i feel like this would be the defining story everybody would be talking about this and now it's just like uh well it yeah. go, you know it goes through lead goes through phases that way like like people <laughs> people like it turns into a huge issue and somebody we got to do something about it we got to do something about it and then people look at it and they're like holy shit it is such a intractable problem let's move on to something else yeah like the the city for decades had no real lead hazard control program. Why? Because they had one like in the late nineties, early two thousands, that was a disaster. Like they got a bunch of HUD money. They had to return a bunch of the money. It was so bad. They couldn't get anything done. They were giving money to like connected contractors. I remember vaguely, I don't remember the context, but there was like a fist fight between like a city inspector and one of these vendors in front of one of the buildings. They were, they only remediated like four. Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, and like one of the, and one of those four, like was the scene of a, like a brawl over like the quality of the work. So they, you know, and the reaction to that failure was just to like, say, I guess we can't do anything. Right. Yeah. Th- this is just for too like, hard for almost 20 years. Yeah. You know? And yeah. So this latest report, I think, what do you do? Right. I mean, that's, that, that is one of the problems with the Buffalo uh, municipal water overall is like between like the lead, all, all these lead pipes, and then also like the gray water system where like they're just it pumping all kinds of sewage in, yeah. it, it, into, into the lake. Which like, were like that we're sort of addressing bit by bit by but, bit, right. like over this long, this long term control plan. Right. And it's and it's making some strides, but it's kind of behind schedule. Yeah. And it's very expensive. I mean, it's. A little less expensive because they got to just use some ARP money and reconfigure the loans, but it's still like right. a lot. And, uh, you know, and that was to basically avoid the EPA saying you must and whatever the cost. Right. 
when is there going to be a consent decree over this? Yeah, I mean, you know? it's, um, it's 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 crazy. Um, you know, I mean, this is one of the reasons why, like, they cited for like why they secretly start taking fluoride out of the water in the city of Buffalo, right? For fear that it was going to aggravate the problem, right? And and leach more lead into the water, and they're like, well, you know, we'll just we'll just won't put fluoride in, right? Um, which, is, which is to say that is a company, a management company, Veolia, that is trying to limit their liability. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if they were concerned about the health effects of lead, they would also be concerned about the health effects of the lack of fluoride. Yeah. You know, or they would do something about the lead, mm-hmm. not just not just avoid liability by removing the active, right. aggra- you know, aggravating material. Right, right. Because they, they can say, well, we didn't put the lead pipes in. Right. As opposed to, well, we added the, we clearly added the fluoride. So we'll just stop doing that step. Right, right, right. Just real quick, per the ABC News article, why Buffalo officials say the city's lead pipe removal project will take decades to complete uh, by Jade Lawson for ABC News. Um, Yeah, nearly 40,000 water service lines in Buffalo, which is over half of the more than 68,000 total water service lines, are projected to contain lead, the National Resources Defense Council um, said in a report released last year. Um, (laughs) O.J. McFoy, the chairman of the Buffalo Water Board, tells ABC News only 1,700 lines have been replaced so far. <laughs> McFoy estimates the project could last over the next 20 years and could cost 400 to 500 million dollars. Um, there was a 10 million dollar investment last year in this, but uh, man, it's can you imagine? Let, let me tell you, yeah. the city is having a really hard time moving ARP money out the door. Except for revenue replacement money, which is easy, right? Because you're just saying, we need this money. And Mm -hmm. you take it and you plug it in the hole in your budget. In fact, they just increased, they revised their plan to to get more of their money as revenue replacement money, in part, one, because they need it to balance the budget, and but also in part because they're having such a hard time getting money out the door for these other programs. But you know what you could spend it on? You know what qualifies? This. Yeah. This. You could just take the $100 million and say... Sorry, we can't seem to like do this, this like rent stabilization stuff, or you know, like we can't, we just can't figure it out. These micro grants to businesses, but we can make y'all healthier. Yeah, why don't we just spend it on removing? I I, I think they're, they're just they're spending some of it on that already. I th- I think they're just waiting for the Bills to win the Super Bowl, and then we can all move. Nobody has to live in Western New York anymore. <laughs> yes. Once there, one Super Bowl title, and we can all join our families in Charlotte, and we'll be finished. Yeah, right. We just put a, a big police line around all of Erie County. Do not enter, and just everybody moves. Right, right. Well, time now, gents, uh, to examine the financials of a bunch of <clears throat> political figures potentially who. Could do something about the lead in the water someday, maybe. <laughs> the reason for the season is, is is here. It's financial time. It's financial time. It's the warm, buttery vegetables you all know and love. And so uh, Jim has, per usual, done the yeoman's work of navigating the, uh, my understanding, absolutely horrendous campaign finance website. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's great. Like, they keep updating it and just making it way way worse like you know like jeff like the devolution of the yeah. site it, it used to be like all right you, you go to the search page you put the candidate's name in and boom there was everything it came up pretty quickly you had to know what you're looking at but like it came up now like i know i was doing the search correctly because eventually it would work but i just had to do the same search like for like five minutes straight and then like because we keep telling me like oh that person doesn't has never filed right and even, right, like, which is far worse by like it used to be there was a period where it just wasn't working. Like it just, it like you'd you'd pull up the site and it would say no, no, yeah. can't do it. 
now it just like shows no candidate or right. it says like invalid search and you're like, whoa. I, I was like, I know I've seen these financials before. I looked, yeah. at, I looked at them in January. I know that Brian Bowman files his, fi- his filings. Right. You can't tell me that he's never filed. So like I, but like, it's not like I was doing the search incorrectly, although I did backdoor into a couple because like it would say like, oh, here's the candidate's campaign committee. And it gave you their filer ID. Right. And sometimes you, go around. And you could search by filer ID, and sometimes that works better than searching by name. But, like, if I just went back and searched by name after a couple of times, then it, w- it would it would work in two steps. One, it would say, oh, yeah, there's filings, but the dropdown wouldn't come down, and you couldn't click on the filing. So you had, to, you had to keep refreshing and doing it over and over again. And then eventually the filings would pop up, and you could actually click on the filings to take a look at them. And I think it, it bears saying, as it does in almost all cases where we – complain about a sort of incompetence is that it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Like there are other municipalities and other States, other counties that have, you know, pretty well functioning systems. Yeah. You know, I've, I've looked up campaign finance do- donations in other States for, for local people, you know, right. cause I'm interested in what they're doing elsewhere. And it's not that hard. The, the, F- the FEC's website. The FEC is great. Yeah. The FEC like tells you like, if you, if you search for that, you may be interested in this too. And yeah. you're like, oh, I didn't, I had no idea I was. Thank you. Thank you, federal government. So um, the candidates are listed in order of the way they were listed on the county board of elections site for the primary. So try, not trying to like pick anybody out of order. But we'll start with Ellicott District, the, the free for all that is Ellicott District. Four candidates. Four candidates. And Jim, uh, the first name that you have on your list here. Is uh you know the, the the little the little engine that could maybe sometime I don't know Eddie Egru Eddie Egru uh uh so cheers to Eddie Egru who made two ballots in a row yeah 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 it's, he's getting the hang of it yep. maybe uh and, and last time he actually did campaign finance filings he did which is how we knew how much it cost him right to get on that ballot last year it was like a hundred grand right yeah in legal fees. <laughs> But uh, but nothing this year. This year, nothing. Nothing. Yeah. No, nothing. Unless nothing. unless the we should add the caveat unless the board of elections website, uh, is, website is lying to us, right. which it might well be. Right, Eddie, but I, I, Eddie, if that's the case, apologies. Right, but I even searched uh, because I sometimes like I had like to find like Joe Golombek later. I couldn't search active uh, filings. I had yeah. to search all, which included terminated, and then his active filing came up. I searched that. I, I found Eddie's old. Uh, campaign account Me but too. N- nothing for the current council uh but again yeah yeah there's that caveat like could be that like it's there that the state website is just like wow well, we're just not going to show it to anybody right like this is this is hidden information we're hiding it in the bathroom at mar-a-lago you can't you can't have access <laughs> all right cedric holloway former police officer yeah former buffalo police officer uh which is uh which plays with like mostly small donors uh, a lot of them uh bpd alums yeah, there are a lot of there are a lot of uh, ex cops. Yep, uh, that he served with who gave. Um, there are also some interesting. They're scattered throughout. There are some donations from people that suggest Cedric Holloway's circle of friends or mm-hmm. influential people in the East Side community. Um, you know, including April Baskin, right. of course, and but also Betty Jean Grant. Yep, Carla Thomas, the yeah. former Human Services Commissioner, mm-hmm. TMI. Too much information, you may remember. Yes. Um, Folks like that, folks who are influential yeah. and, you know, and who have careers in public service. Yeah. So, you know, he is, he's not the establishment candidate, but he, 
he has I mean, he, he has establishment ad- adjacent. Right, right. right. You know, it, if uh, Halton Pope wasn't in the race, it would be very conceivable that he that the but establishment would have would have yeah. circled around him. Um, is it unusual to see? I mean, I, I don't want to beg the question here, but like, I guess it is unusual to see like a guy like Holloway, you know, with a police background and all that, um, competing against Halton Pope. Like, it it feels like there should have been one of those candidates as we're talking here. Um, who is establishment type? Does it, does it feel like there may be like a schism or a rift, or they're just oh, like there definitely to... is. Yeah, there, there, there's definitely a rift, and also you know the there are four candidates here, right? But yeah. there were other people floating around too. Yeah, you know who, uh, including Howard Johnson, mm-hmm. right? No, and yeah. so there was some deals made to like to push some people out, right? But not not everybody. Yeah, I'm just surprised there wasn't more deals. Is guess what I'm getting yeah. at? Is yeah. that uh, um, we're still here, but. Um, so Cedric uh, raised a little over seven k. So far, he's only spent like five hundred dollars on rent and like no other expenses. The interesting thing about that is that he's had yard signs up for a couple of weeks now, well before the deadline for this pre-primary filing. So I guess his yard signs just—I'm uh, familiar with like eleventh-century science. Not about you, Ray, but like spontaneous generation was like a, a scientific theory at one point. Yeah, um, maybe this, he made them himself. But he oh. still had to buy markers. He still had to buy markers. He still had to buy like like he made his own markers. He, I mean, mm. you know, yeah, he's, he's very mine, thrifty that way. He's Minecrafting these signs out there, <laughs> right? Uh, Matt Deering. Uh, so dis- disclaimer here: uh, Snake, myself, and Ree have all given money to Matt Deering. He's a friend of ours. Yep. Um, he's similar to Holloway in that it's mostly small donors. Uh, not as many like well-connected people to like the city establishment uh, as Holloway um, more of your leftists in the community giving yeah. him money. Yeah. Um, and his own money as you yeah. point out and some family money too. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, he also loaned himself about six K um, he's raised a little over 11,000, but he spent like 8,700, a lot of it on consultants. Yeah. That's interesting, particularly for like a, for a challenger, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. what do you think that's about? I, 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 I don't really know. I mean, it's, it's, it almost seems like, um, you know, he does have experience at like the state and federal level for campaigns. Um, that he's trying to run a county or a city council campaign, like you would run like a state or a federal campaign, because that's what he's seen. That's what he's, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, you could do like. We're going to talk about Leah Halton Pope in a minute, and like she certainly has the money that she could she could be paying that kind of money to consultants. Um, when you're not the establishment candidate and you're not raising a ton of money and you're not self funding like Eddie Egrew, it's tougher to spend that much money on consultants. Right, right. When you could be you know sending out mailers, right, and, and you know building some kind of ground game, which you are absolutely one hundred percent going to need. Right. That's. I mean, that's the only way you win this race. The only the only thing I can think of though, maybe he's trying to. You know, zig when everybody else is zagging. I don't know what kind of uh, counsel that any consultant would give him other than what you just said, Jeff, is that you need a coordinated ground game and mailers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, we'll we'll see when the race comes around. We will divide the number of votes he gets by, uh, or the amount of money he spends on consultants by the number of votes he gets and see how it looks. Um, uh, Then here comes the establishment for Leah Halton Pope. Um, Right. This is like... It's just a, 
it's everybody from from you know Republican operatives to to like to the to the campaign committee of Assemblyman Kim, right? Yeah. You know, so like from from wildly progressive to uh, oh no, that was not Assemblyman Kim. Oh it's, no, it's Kim for New Yorkers. Oh Kim, I, oh it was Ki- it's oh. Kimberly Jean Pierre. Oh, it's Kimberly Jean Pierre uh, out, of, out, out of Long Island. That's quite the opposite. It's, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I thought the same thing when I saw it. I was like, Ron Kim gave her money. Like that's crazy. And I looked. I was like, but it oh, wouldn't be so crazy. It wouldn't be, be so crazy because she's got the connections to yeah. Crystal. But like, you know, if Ron Kim gave her money, I would have expected like maybe some of the other downstate progressives then to have also pitched in, right? And they didn't, or like somebody like Yuli knew who like has some money left over from her failed congressional campaign. Right. Um, but but they, instead what we have is Delaware North. Right. And people close to the mayor, the mayor himself. Right. The mayor himself, uh, Adam Perry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Lobbyist extraordinaire, Jack O'Donnell, of course. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tim Kennedy, uh, pitching in for a thousand dollars. Tim Kennedy, notably, uh, uh, uh giving like, a, a personal check for a thousand dollars. Right. Right. Um, right. Yeah, a lot of money, and, uh, and uh, all from from well established. Right, uh, other other council members, or, council or, or members. current council members. Uh, Farletto pitched in. Scanlon gave a bunch. Galambek, who has his own race, gave her money. Right. Um, you know, and then you know, uh, unsurprisingly, Vic Martucci and Tony Masiello show up with, with some money. Of course. Um. So all told, uh, she raised over forty five thousand this cycle. You know, we don't um, we don't have like in, in races the this scale, right? Like we don't have round the clock coverage. We don't have polls. We don't have you know we don't have a lot of the signifiers of large national races to kind of gauge success. Um, it's only when we do these financial episodes and we can see what the candidates have been doing with their time. And uh, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, however you view our capitalist society, uh, money talks. And I mean. Halton Pope has done a lot of talking. We, I, I'm actually kind of stunned that it's to this degree. Forty five thousand raised, uh, still with thirty five thousand in the bank, right, Jim? Well, yeah. So that's um, Halton Pope is doing what you would expect somebody to do who's running in a race like a, a, a city council race. Uh, you know, if you're running county executive, you're running a state race, whether it's state ledge or whatever, or a federal race, you'd already be advertising you're, because there's enough money that you'd be pushing it. Uh, a local race like this, everything's in the last two weeks. Right. Uh, so um, she has spent about 10K, but that includes like $3,500 to Unity. Right, which is just, stay stay with me, right. folks. Yeah. Stay with me. Um, Don't work against me. Right. Money. Um, so uh, you know, she's sitting on a little over 35000 to do that blitz at the end. And she still has fundraisers planned. She's not done raising money. Right. Um, I do have one note here that, you know, like going over all the people who are running, um, all the all the non-incumbents had to spend money with either ECDC or New York Dems or with like Van to get access to a voter database. Most of them chose ECDC or New York State Dems because they have more up-to-date information than Van. Like they, ECDC or New York State Democratic Party will get you that day's enrollment data from the Board of Elections, where Van lags a little bit behind, but not Leah. Somehow Leah didn't need to know where the registered Dems were in the district. She must have just already knew. And, like, I am sure she is going to use mailing houses. She's not going to do, like, she's got enough money. She doesn't have to do anything in-house. Right. She's not having volunteers show up to put labels on flyers. That's not happening. But you had to know where to send people for the uh, petition process. And 
I, I, I sent some kind of in-kind donation was there made. Was, there was there's some <laughs> kind of in-kind donation was made that wasn't listed. Somehow she just got all the <laughs> enrolled Democrats in the district without stating where she got the money, uh, where she got that from, or, or how she got that. Um, and so there was no expense there. Yeah, there was definitely an in-kind donation made. Um, yep, maybe that's why her boss only gave her a hundred dollars. <laughs> right, could be, could be. It could be that she figured that Crystal thought, "Well, I'm paying your salary. That's a donation. yeah. That's no. also that's also a pretty good donation. Yeah, fi- fi- financials alone, uh, I would say Lee Halton Pope is the uh, unequivocal favorite right now. I mean, she has a lot of things going for it. Like, yes, financials alone. Uh, she also has you know, she's got a lot of the establishment support, or almost all the establishment support, the vast majority of it yes. behind her. I, another thing that will, is just going to play into any vote in demographic wise is she is the only female candidate running against three males. And so, like, you know, just pure Democrat, like people who show up on election day, there's not a lot of people who show up just randomly on primary day in non-presidential years. But people who just show up in an, in an odd odd year to show up on a primary day, they don't know anything. They're going to see, well, it's the only woman running against three men. That might play into something. And I may have heard of her. I may have heard of her. Yeah, yeah. I may be there specifically to vote for her. But if right. I'm not, I may have heard of her. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, that, that, that also helps her. If it was if it was four person, but it was uh, two females, two men running, or two women, two men, um, two females, two males, however you want, whatever, uh, that might even it out a little bit. But like you know, it, it, Deering and, and Holloway like live like like five houses from each other on the same street, mm. you know. So like you know, they're competing for the exact same neighborhood, even. Right. right. Um, so like yeah, they're definitely splitting votes against each other. All right, let's go on to uh, probably one of the, the lesser talked about primaries, but Lovejoy. The least talked about primary, I would, I would venture, yeah, 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 and so, so Brian Bowman, it looks like I'm looking at your your summary here. He he's done okay raising money for you know for for a race that you know doesn't seem on the surface doesn't seem that challenging until you remember it doesn't take that many votes to win the Democratic right. primary in Lovejoy, right? And nope, because nobody shows up on on these odd year primaries, um, and he's done pretty good. Like he started with over 10k. Remember. This is he's he's been in office for a full term. He didn't have a, a he he didn't raise a bunch of money during those four years. Uh, Lovejoy, not known as an, a, a district that just you just have tons of money, right? You know, um, you know Richie Fontana never had a ton of money while he was yeah. council member, um, but he didn't need it either. There yes. weren't there weren't a lot of hard fights in Lovejoy. No, for, yeah, for the Lovejoy. Tra- no, tra- traditionally, there hasn't been since like the '60s. Yeah. Well, no, because Rich would be out there mowing lawns and you know yeah. shaking hands and kissing babies. Right. I mean, he he and and Bullman, um, you know, while, while not as uh, passing out cards, thinking of selling your house. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Bullman, while I, I would say a nice guy, not as charismatic as, as Rich was, I would say, um, but. You know, does a lot of the district work still, is mm-hmm. my understanding. He's he's out there. Yeah. You know, everybody knows him. Um, so yeah, there's not a lot of fights in that district. Yeah. Um, well, but- and I think the reason why like it's 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 not considered maybe as serious as some of the other ones is because you know, like there are some of like yeah, Holloway has you know some of his own connections to community. Daring you know was a former state assembly staffer. You know, we're going to get to the our city candidates in a little bit. Muhammad Udin just kind of like he's basically just running coming out of almost nowhere. To, to run this campaign as far as like connections to other political entities. That's I mean, correct. Right. That's yeah. correct. He's, he's got, he's got connections in his own community. Yes. And, and if he can 
get a lot of his community registered to vote and get him to the polls, then that's it, a real right. challenge. And, that, and that's going to be one of Bowman's challenge, which is why, like, even though he only had 10K after being in office for four years, he raised $16,000 since January. But on the other hand, Udin's filings do not suggest that he is um, the super organized guy who is going to get those people, who got those people registered and yeah. is going to get them, them to the polls because, yeah. as you point out, it's they're a mess. Yeah. Well, so Bullman, um, Bullman, he's, he's got his, his personal donations. He's, he's got Monica Wallace gave money, uh, Kevin Hardwick, uh, Pulling Cars, uh, Camille Brandon. Everhart actually gave a donation to uh, Brian Bullman. Uh, Mitch, former council member and former county legislator, Damone Smith, uh, gave money. Jack O'Donnell shows up again. Um, Tim Kennedy shows up again. Tim Kennedy shows up again from a Senate campaign. Uh, Brian Higgins is there, building a trade. Just a lot of headquarters support. Right. Uh, Poland Cars, Howard Johnson. Um, Scanlon gives, shows up. Zellner himself uh, gives $100 from his chairman campaign. Um, and then Bullman, like his biggest expense was $14 on lawn signs, which I think is a reasonable expense for lawn signs for a council district. There's gonna, we're talking about a couple candidates later who spent... I just an unseemly amount of money for lawn signs. <laughs> um, and I, like, I'm wondering like, like, for, you know, Cedric Holloway spent zero and has lawn signs up all over the place. You know, like how, how is Joe Golombek spending like six or $5,000 on lawn signs? If Cedric Holloway gets to get away for $0. Yeah. Um, so that Muhammad, he doesn't know about spontaneous generation. We'll get to there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so Muhammad Udin, like I said, it, his are pretty fucked up. Um, uh, he did get $250 from Eddie Egru. Um, who has no money in his campaign account though so well, I mean, it was a personal donation no no i know yeah, but, but i'm just saying eddie's got money for muhammad but not money for eddie well, so, who knows? but udin has four thousand one hundred fifty dollars of in-kind expenses that's a lot that yeah it's a that's a ton, that's, that's that's a lot for leah halton pope right that's a ton for for a little Mah- for a little like right yeah bootstrap campaign yep. yeah uh it, their notice campaign expenses paid attributed to jamuna corp ah uh. Which is out of his home address. Right. But Junimuna so, Corp is all over the filings. Well, that's the thing. It's like, okay, like, yes, corporations, it's, uh, that they can give in-kind donations. Corporations by New York State law are limited to $5,000 in donations per election cycle statewide. That is all candidates. So if Jamuna is given 4150 to him, that frees him up for $850 for all other candidates. However, he also lists almost $8,000 on loans from Jamuna. That's about seven thousand two hundred dollars too much, given like their, what their limits are. I'm also not even sure that like it's legal for corporations to loan money. Yeah, it's really weird. I you don't can think ha- I've ever seen it. You can have outstanding liabilities, right? You know that that's common. Like if Jamuna Corp did your some legal work for you, right? You or, know, or legal work, you. legal work, or like also like or even rent. It could be rent. Yeah. Yeah. Or or like often Delft, who does a lot of printing, a union yeah. print shop out in Lancaster, does a lot of printing for Democratic candidates. We'll let them pay in installments. Right. But that's a liability. That's a liability, a not a loan. And this is listed as a loan. Right. And the, the one thing, though, that connects liabilities and loans is the day after the, elections, the election for that cycle, which is the day after primary day in this right. case, those turn into donations. Yes. Like mm. by law. So, you know, in fact, they, you know, the, the campaign election police. Right. Those, those mythical campaign election police <laughs> right. give you a lot of time and leeway. But the jackbooted thugs just b- by law, this is <laughs> seems already against the law and is likely to become against the law 
Right. As soon as, uh, and, and, and unless he amends it, you know, he might have. It, it could have, yeah. Uh, and also, additionally, like, he also lists $2,000 in loans uh, from a, an LLC registered in Chictawaga. Um, again, I'm not sure about the legality of taking loans from LLCs and from corporations. Um, what, the, what the fuck is happening here? Let me just, like, I, I have to ask, like, is this vanity? Is there something else going on? Because clearly this, uh, at best, uh, you know, Quixote campaign that uh, Muhammad Uden has going on here, m- almost certainly bound for failure, barring some election day miracle. Um, is this just something where, hey, I want to do a lot of illegal shit to get my name on some signs and uh, name on a ballot? Or no, I think it's probably more... I think people could be forgiven for thinking that New York State election laws are confusing and also unenforced. Yeah. And so, you know, maybe this guy is just like, well, this is where I have the money. Right. So I'm going to, this is where the money's going to come from, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. And if, if, if I'm doing something wrong, surely somebody will tell me. Right. Well, and there, you know, like he is, you know, a political neophyte, like he's a new candidate. So like, you know, a, a lot of people, I encounter this all the time with people who are like, oh, well, there's all this like, corporation money in politics. I was like, well, but they actually funnel it through stuff. They don't right. actually, they don't give it directly from the corporate, or they do, when they give it directly from the corporation, it's much more limited. It's not tens of thousands of dollars. That's coming from their pack that they created. Exactly. Especially uh, now with right. the LLC loophole. Yeah. Uh, so. Somewhat patched. Right. Uh, so, you know, like, I, I think you know, that, you know, he's got, he's got one friend in Chictawaga who has, you know, their own, a business they run out of their house he has a business he runs uh well you know there's business money in politics i could just give this and like there is no campaign finance police there's nobody right. showing up uh so like at, at least at the state level like again like if you try this with the, the federal the fec will like say you can absolutely not do this right they'll, they, say, they'll say return that money right now right yeah now <laughs> yes. you know? yeah so right. so in the battle between incompetence and malice you guys are erring on the side of incompetence in yeah. this case, I almost always do. Yeah, yeah. I almost always do because malice takes so much planning, <laughs> right? So uh, much what, work. Well, and also, like, if there's malice, it's harder to find. Like, they usually are better better at hiding it. Yeah, true. Um, you know, like you're like, okay, well, I know I'm doing something illegal. I shouldn't just report this on my financials like openly for, to everybody. Yeah. Uh, the other thing with Udin is that relative to like any of these people, he has a lot of wages. He's got multiple people that he's paying to like do like yeah. canvassing. I'm sure part of that was petitions. Sure, um, but as you know, some of the payments were relatively recent, which would imply after petition season that he's still paying these people to do some canvassing for him in Lovejoy, which is a good sign. That's, that's I mean, you that's, should be doing that. that. That is an expense you should have. Yeah, and it's and the expenses weren't outrageous. It's not right. like you know, like some of the people who have more money, you know, are paying like you know well-known political operatives like two thousand dollars a month for stuff. Um, this was like $75 to somebody for wages. Right. right. Okay. That's five hours at $15 an hour to go out and to go out. Yeah. Knock yeah. doors, yeah. Pass literature, whatever. That, that's a pretty good expense. That's, that's actually, you know, it might be more effective than, you know, outside of, uh, direct mail, pretty much anything else you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly more effective than a lot of the people who are buying T-shirts with their money. <laughs> we'll get to that. And we'll get to it shortly. <coughs> yeah. So, yeah, let's move to Maston where, the, where there's just been a, at least on one side, a ton of money. Well, I mean, really, both sides. It's, it's the both most. Sides, ex- yeah. it's, it's, it's the most expensive race in in the count in the city, by a long shot. Yeah, but yeah, by a long shot, it's the most expensive race in the city. Assuming all this money gets spent. Yeah. Um, that I can recall seeing, and you know, I mean, for a council race, this is crazy. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Um, sixty. You have sixty-four thousand dollars for Everhart. Yeah. 
And she spent roughly 44. Yep. Maybe. Maybe. So, yeah, we we can get to that in a second. Um, She definitely spent 44. No doubt. That is certainly true. If she raised 64, I have a question there. And what um, we see is a lot of a lot of developers, yep. a lot of developers, even more developers in her uh, filing than in Leah Halton Pope. Yes, uh, and Leah Halton Pope's developers are mostly like West New York developers. That is not true for Zanetta. Right. She's yeah. She gets <coughs> she gets money from outside the outside the city, outside the region. Yep. Uh, one of the things with Zanetta that her filing again, no campaign finance police. Nobody's going to say do anything about it. Um, and, and she did that. Her filing was amended like four times already. And at no point did they fix that. They put everything on Schedule A. Schedule A is for individual donations and LLPs. Right. Schedule B is where businesses donations come in. Schedule C is for like political organizations and PACs and stuff like that. And and your union organizations come in there. Right. Everything is on Schedule A individuals, regardless of who it came from. So you know like. Yeah. Oh, she. You know, she got a thousand dollars from Imperial Pizza, and two thousand dollars from Delaware North. Yes. yes. Delaware North is not not a, not a person. Not a person. Right. The, well. 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 Know, <laughs> according to the Supreme Court. Right. But nonetheless, for the for uh, campaign election law in New York State. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything is listed right on Schedule A, and like it's it's create like you know, um, you know, Steve Carmina, Carmina Wood, like uh, two thousand dollars. Kennedy's pack, two thousand dollars, um, six hundred dollars from Scanlon, a hundred dollars from John Dandies, right? You know, you know, famous Democrat John Dandies, John Dandies, <laughs> right? Uh, Jerry Whalen pitches it for hundred dollars. In six- fairness, I th- I must remind you that John Dandies passed petitions for Byron Brown. <laughs> <laughs> he got one signature. one signature, right? Yeah, uh, six hundred dollars from Jack O'Donnell shows up again. Yeah, six hundred uh, from Scanlon. Did we mention that? Yeah, six hundred yeah. from Scanlon. Uh, that was two separate donations. A five hundred and a hundred dollar donation. Uh, April gives a hundred dollars. Uh, Camille Brandon shows up for a hundred dollars. Shannon Patch, formerly of Tim Kennedy's office and currently a village trustee in the village of Kemmore, I think, mm-hmm. uh, five hundred dollars. She also gave money. We should mention to uh, to Leah Halton Pope. Yes. Um, uh, a, a, a questionable amount from Higgins. Uh, I guess this is a good time to bring it up. Yeah, may as well. So. Uh, at least seven fifty from Higgins, but Everhart's financials had a lot of the exact same donation, the exact same day listed twice, which is interesting because that doesn't often happen. Now there are some issues with Act Blue where like people can it, it, there's a lag and you can go to online to donate to somebody and click twice because you don't think it happened and then you end up donating twice, but not this many times. And Brian Higgins' federal campaign did not donate through Act Blue. Right. 100%. Right. No, this, this is some kind of, this is some, some kind of accounting error. Right. And, and, and like, if, if everything else in the financials was looked fine, I probably wouldn't bring it up. But since they're so sloppily and poorly done, it looks like to me, she's probably overstated how much money she's raised by a couple thousand dollars, several thousand dollars. Because there's so many of these, like the same donation, give like list the exact same day, exact same amount twice. Some of that might be real, but I think some of, like there's going to have to be another amendment where they go, oh, we didn't actually have this much money. Right, right. All, I mean, all that being said, uh, it, it bears bringing up here that Zanetta Everhart, while she is, uh, looks and has the financials of an incumbent, is not an incumbent. Right. Um, you know, Ulysses Wingo dropped out of the race only a few short months ago. Right. Um, I mean, this is unprecedented, right, for somebody who 
is, uh, you know, not an incumbent to come into this race or, or a race of this scale and raise this kind of money and have this kind of establishment backing. Well, and, and raise money from like, like I, I have heard like $2,000 from Scott Reckler, not a name that probably most people in this area will, will recognize. Scott Reckler is the former chairman of the Port Authority in the city of New York. He's currently on the board for the MTA. He, in 2017, was ranked, listed as the fourth most powerful person in New York City. His company that he, he owns uh, owns like $22 billion in commercial real estate in the city of New York. He made a $2,000 personal donation from his address in Brooklyn. Because he really cares he, he, about what's going on in the Mastin District. Because he just loves the fucking Mastin District so much. Right. Uh, now, you know, and we've, we've talked about this, Jim, but look, it's pretty clear, I think, by all accounts Tim Kennedy wants Zanetta Everhart on the Common Council. Yes. Um, Not just Tim Kennedy. Lots of people. I mean, yes. lots of people, but I, I think I, it's, I, I think a lot of those people want her on the Common Council because Tim Kennedy wants her on the Common Council. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm getting at, right? Yeah. They, 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 these people, while they might believe in Zanetta Everhart's cause and, you know, the Mastin District and what's best for it, uh, I don't think they're coming, you know, with, with Hatton or checks in hand for Zanetta, if not for Tim Kennedy. Um, wh- why? I know we've talked about this, not an existential question of why would anybody want the common council, but why does Tim Kennedy want to ensure like, this is like a drop a nuclear bomb on this race amount of money, almost relatively. Right. Um, why does Tim Kennedy want this so bad? Well, he doesn't want to be embarrassed. The worst thing that can happen is that he, he backs somebody in this race and they lose. Doesn't matter that it's to India Walton in particular. It it helps him to like raise money with a bunch of people because India embarrassed them two years ago. But it's not that he particularly has it out for India Walton. He wants to become a statewide figure. You know, Jeff and I were talking about this before. Yeah. That you know, there, the long rumor had that it was he he was interested in mayor. I don't think mayor is big enough for him anymore. No, and we and we may as well point yeah. it out now is that so Zanetta Everhart gets two thousand dollars from. This pack that Kennedy controls, the mail, the mail-in address is his home address, and that pack—it's not huge money considering that this is a guy who's raised like eight million dollars, mm-hmm. you know. But, but, um, but it's what a hundred fifty, hundred sixty grand, something, like, there, that, something yeah. like that. And he's made a bunch. But Zanetta is the only candidate locally, I think, right, that has been the beneficiary of this pack. This—he's giving money to little races all around the state. Yes, and that means he is trying. He's angling for something else. Maybe he's happy uh, to continue rising through the ranks of the Senate. Mm-hmm. You know, to get, to achieve some leadership position, right? Uh, which is a very powerful place to be. Just, just insane. I mean, even if he doesn't get to take over for Stuart Cousins as leader, if he just becomes like deputy leader, like where Mike Giannaris is, right? That's still insanely powerful. Like, you know, uh, you know. Cousins has, I think, the second most money of any state senator after Giannaris. Right. Now, it helps that Giannaris represents like Wall Street, but he has like $19, $20 million in his campaign account. Yeah. Uh, and Giannaris also, you're never sure what he's doing. Remember, he showed up here two years ago for the uh, India Walton rally that AOC was at at Town Ballroom. Giannaris also showed up from, for that. Right. You know, he's... He, he, we're talking about people like that who's Kennedy is working towards now. The mayor of Buffalo, he wants somebody to be friendly to him there, but for all intents and purposes, he's bigger than that now. Yeah. And also, can remember too that these two races, the, the big ones that we're looking at uh, in Maston and Ellicott, they control, they will help determine 
the majority minority in the Common Council. They will determine who is the next council president mm-hmm. when Darius Pridgen leaves. Uh, right now, you know, there's a sort of five to four majority, five, sometimes six, depending upon where Joel Ferroletto decides to mm-hmm. park himself right. on an issue. Um, but so it's just five to four. And, you know, Mastin is in that four, right? Mm-hmm. Wingo, Wingo is in that minority. Um, but Ellicott, that's Darius Pridgen. And yeah. so it's, it means a lot in terms of the balance of power. Right. So whoever, whoever, you know, whoever's candidate wins that seat has a lot of bargaining. Right. And, and then the other thing, like, with what, why is Kennedy so invested in this race? And I think, like I said, is that this is the first race locally that he's really come out in favor of somebody and he's pushing one of his people. Um, and it would be incredibly embarrassing for him to lose. It because w- it would be damaging not to him just locally, but other people around the state he's trying to impress and say, "Look, I'm a power broker." Would take notice that he can't even win in his own city. Why would I care about him in the Hudson Valley or in downstate or in Albany, right. the capital region? Well, right. I will continue to let my memes be my dreams, and uh, I just know. On some level, all right, maybe the mayor of Buffalo is too small for Tim Kennedy. Small potatoes. But he's got that South Buffalo Irish in him. He wants to be the next coming of Jimmy Griffin. I feel it. I know it. Maybe someday, Tim. So, uh, I do want to... Uh, um, so uh, Everhart has spent over $30,000 on campaign mailers already, uh, which is different than what Halton's done. But mm-hmm. uh, but I haven't seen any of those mailers hit the streets yet. Uh, I... I'm sure what she's done, she's using mail houses. Uh, she's, she's not, again, they've got enough money. They're not having volunteers sit down and buying them pizza and saying, okay, everybody put a label on an envelope. Um, those mailers are prepaid. They're going to be hitting the last couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the things I did is, you know, because everybody brought up two years ago, one of their complaints was against India Walton was how much money she was raising outside the city of Buffalo. Ignoring how much money the mayor brings out from outside the city of Buffalo. But, okay, like, this was their complaint about India. And India's in this race. Um, over 31,000 of the of Everhart's raise is from outside city of Buffalo. And two disclaimers here. One, if they said Buffalo on the on the filing, even if I saw like, oh, it's 12224, which is West Seneca or whatever, right. I just said, fine, I'll it's let Buffalo. you, I'll, I'll say it's Buffalo. But also, India was running for mayor all the council districts. Right. If I just excluded the zip codes that were outside of Maston, it would be almost all the money that Everhart has raised has been outside of Maston. Right. Uh, it, it's very little is coming from inside that district. Right. Um, you know, because, it, it, it like, you know, like, like Steve Carmina's $2,000 is from his office on Genesee or Maine or whatever it's officially listed as. It's the building. It's where he's our landlord. <laughs> I know exactly where it is. Yeah, Maine and Mohawk. Right. You know, or like the Savarino money, it all came out of 500 Seneca. Right. You know, so like, okay, like, sure, that's city of Buffalo money, but like, is it really? Um, I then speak, uh, speak uh, India Walton. Um, one thing that I noticed is at least, at least on the state website, uh, it's still listed as expenditures coming under her mayoral campaign, that there hasn't been an official switch over to uh, a candidate for council, whatever. Again, you know, call the campaign finance police on that one. Right. Um, and that's actually a very minor thing, switching your office, especially when you're still running for a state or local office. It's not Stefan Mahailu running for Congress and using his state 
funding <laughs> and using his staff to transfer his right. state money. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Giving them a, a bonus on one day and the very next day they give that exact same amount to his uh, federal campaign. Right. Um, uh, she raised 22 K, which again, like not nothing. The, I mean, the, it's pretty the, hefty. The third most of anybody we're going to talk about today. Well, in the city. Yeah, no, that's a lot. <coughs> I mean, I, 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 I might get the number wrong, but I seem to think that Mitch Nowakowski, when he ran for his first term, uh, he uh, and he was by no mo- means an outsider, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there were people who were you know bankrolling his mm-hmm. his run, and I think he raised like thirty four, mm-hmm. thirty six, something. In, you know, in the th- like yeah. mid to high thirties total. So for India to come in with twenty two k, that's mm-hmm. that's a pretty that's a pretty good uh, yeah pretty good cycle. Uh, did spend twelve thousand. You know, uh, obviously, our city endorsed uh, India, and mm-hmm. there's a thousand dollars from our city. Um, that's just cash. Um, you know, volunteers are volunteers, so you know that's not going to count it. And, and nobody adds in volunteer hours as in kind donations. Right. That would never fucking happen in a political campaign. Um, but uh, it's overall pretty boring. My one concern about her expenses, um, and this is something that like frequently happens with people who. Um, Upstarts, right? Like, right uh, yeah, like it, people who, I, I don't know, for lack of a better phrase, weren't raised in the political system. Um, she spent $1,200 on T-shirts, which when you only have $22,000, is a lot of money on something that's relatively ineffective. Uh, of note, I mean, you know, while we were saying upstarts, I mean, Indy Walton was a success, you know, she won a mayoral primary. Well, but she's not, she's, yes, but she's I, not the establishment I, candidate. No, no, she, she's not, but I'm saying like, it stands to reason that she may have learned some lessons from, yeah, you know, the previous primary. Uh, one of them would being you don't spend fucking twelve hundred dollars on shirts, but yeah. that's neither here nor there. I, mean, I guess. That, I guess it's it, it. She also didn't have a lot of expenses for like uh, to her credit or, or to balance this a little bit on like pizza and like supplies for like parties. Like like Joe Galambek, uh I didn't note it in here, but like he had a lot of like oh. I spent this much money for volunteers. I spent this much money for volunteers. He didn't spend any money on t-shirts. T-shirts you give to volunteers. Right. Uh, so like, it's basically like a volunteer appreciation gift, $1,200 right. on t-shirts. It's probably still a little expensive, but like you'd be spending that money on pizza or some bullshit anyways to make your volunteers happy for showing up for you. Um, and like, so you, it, so like somebody, somebody who is more establishment or has doing more, like they spend it on pizza because a, it's a little bit less expensive and t-shirts don't vote right you know financially i mean i i I think it's safe to say india has acquitted herself well regardless of i mean unless it's a total fucking blowout um in the primary but i I think she has acquitted herself well as a candidate here just by way of fundraising um other than the t-shirts you know you haven't noted here jim nothing too crazy so um, right. One thing that she like clearly, like as you say, like you know, learned is like we talk about like people who are new to this spend all their money too early, and then they have no money left the last couple of weeks. Right. India has almost all of her, or a majority of her money left for the last couple of weeks. Plus, I'm sure she's still raising money, which is great because I mean, it's going. <laughs> the cliche is true. Um, it's all going to be a, a test of get out the vote machines. Yeah. Right. In, in Maston for for this primary it does. Does this confluence of influential people and and you know what's left of grassroots? Do, do they have the mechanism to do a get out the vote, right? And, you know, and just and flood 
the polls with their voters as they have done in the past. Right. And, and, and what kind of mechanisms do, does our city have yeah. to get their people out and get their, their voters out? Right. Because, like, again, these primaries, what we're talking about, you know, especially compared to, like, not that distant past, large amounts of money for city council races, turnout is still very small. Yes. Yeah, it's really small. It's really small. We, I mentioned before, like, it doesn't take that many votes to win in Lovejoy. I'm talking, like, a few hundred will do it. Yeah. You know, if 600 votes, you could win. Yeah. You know, because if it's more than 1,000 voters that, that show up for the Lovejoy Democratic primary, you know, that's a pretty heavy turnout. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating, you know, not to go too much longer on this, but just seeing, like, I, I think we're still trying to see what India Walton, the political figure, like, like what her what that ultimately looks like as weird as weird as it sounds that you know she had the most high profile race in the city of buffalo arguably maybe ever honestly with the mayoral uh, primary but it, it it probably since like millard fillmore ran for president right but yet it still feels like it remains to be seen like who she is and what kind of political force um you know that she represents mm-hmm. um what that is going to shake out to be and, and how that influence is going to be felt in the city of buffalo so i mean this is an encouraging sign um the flip side though is she is a very high profile figure has a you know position with working families that i mean you would expect also somebody that high up in working families to do this and bring this kind of money in so yeah, I guess it comes out to GOTV, um, all things yep. considered. But So we have two more council district uh, races to, to cover. Uh, we'll get to North now. Uh, so Shippins, um, unlike a lot of these people, filed in January. She had already declared before the January uh, filing. Uh, so she had a little over 7,000 on hand in, in January. Raised a little over fourteen, which puts her pretty close to India's 22K. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, uh, she spent about 18 already. With, so she's got about 4,000 left in hand. Most of her expenses, it leans very heavily on lit and postage. She did spend some money on T-shirts, but like not nearly as much as most of the, some of the other people did. It's very heavy on lit and postage. I don't know how much of the mail's gone out or how much is sitting waiting to be to, to ship out. Uh, I would lean towards, like I would guess, given some of the people that are on her campaign, they know well enough that it's going to come out the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, and, and she, she did get yard signs at a very reasonable uh, amount. And I, I think she... Somehow got them at Tops. I don't know. I believe I, the expense was Tops Markets on uh, so, but uh, and then her, Golombek, yeah. her her opponent Joe Golombek. Um, he started with fifty one k. A lot of money. I didn't realize he had that wow. much. Well, I mean, if you are in office forever and had no races, right, what, yeah. right, what, and I just never considered that he was actually raising money over well, all these years. I, I think a fair amount of it, and like you know, I didn't look into, but like it, it's, didn't, state records don't go necessarily this far back. But he raised a fair amount of money when he challenged assembly. Sam, assembly against Sam Hoyt, mm. and then didn't spend it, and kept it. Right. Um, when it became clear that he was not going to beat Sam Hoyt. Yeah. Well, in any case, he's spending money now. <laughs> he is spending money now. He he spent over twenty thousand. Uh, some of his uh, key donations. Damone Smith shows up again. Yeah. Uh, Mayor Massiello shows up again. Jack O'Donnell shows up again. There he is. Uh. Ne'er do well. Dave Faff is here. Right. Uh, former state senator Al Capola shows up for a hundred dollars. Um, so he has a lot of small donations, but it looks like he's got more small donations than, or more people supporting him than he actually does. Because every page was basically the same names. They just given him twenty five dollars like every two weeks. Every two weeks. It's the same people just giving him the same donations. The loyal readers, of the Ampol Eagle, are just <laughs> yeah. you know ponying up. 
Um, he does this weird thing on his filings, and a couple other people did it at, on individual donations on Schedule A, where he itemizes the donation. He says, oh, I got $75 on this day, but doesn't list who it's from. On Schedule A, it's annoying because you have to, once they break the $100 mark, you're supposed to itemize everything. Right. But it's like you can, it's okay. You can get away with it because anything under $100 can be unitemized. He does the same thing on Schedule B, which is corporations. That's a huge no-no. You have to itemize every corporation. And also, how do you know who it came from? If, if you, right. Right. And then he also does Schedule C, which is like the political organizations and, and other organizations. And it's crazy to me for one reason in particular that he doesn't have Schedule C because one of the donations he received is $100 from BlackRock Little League Football. It's actually BlackRock Riverside, but they, he listed as BlackRock Little League Football. Oh, tell me tell me, it's not a not-for-profit. Oh, my God. It, I looked up their Whoops. EIN. They are a 501c3. Oh, no. Whoops. And they're taking a political position? And they are. Not, those not, little not, nippers? <laughs> yeah. Those, Damn those, kids. Those, those kids in BlackRock just love Joe Golombek. Oh, no. They've uh, already got CTE. Not only are t- they taking a political position, it's not like they just like like had like their cheerleaders like, you know, cheer, vote for Joe at a game. They gave $100. Joe Golombek, in his campaign finance filings, in Schedule C, where this was, had donations where they're like, I don't know who gave us this money, but it shows up on Schedule C and just doesn't list it. But rats out the the little kids playing football in Blackrock and Riverside and their nonprofit. Who gave gave them the proceeds from the sale of the first 50 hot dogs. (laughs) Selling their candy bars and Um, Joe. uh, He he picked up $100 from uh, Zellner. Higgins gave $100. National Fuel gave some money. He did get $100 from the mayor. Mayor doesn't show up to a lot, all, all these races, but he right. showed, showed up here. Um, he spent $1,700 uh, giving money to ECDC and, and $550 over to uh, Zellner, to Zellner's chairman campaign account. Well, I brought up, we brought up in like January, over the January filings, that in November last year, right after like the governor's race, Golombic gave a sizable amount of money to a very conservative pack that had been spending money against Kathy Hochul. Yes. Right. I'm sure he had to pay some penance for that. And this is $1,700 to ECDC and $550 to Jeremy Zellner washes those sins away. You think that's what that is? You I, think that's, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a billable, that's a, that's a payment due? I, 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 I think that, that that has something to do with it. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if he survives the primary that a lot of his money ends up going to judge candidates for November. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There you go. That's, uh, it, that's the cycle. Yep. Yeah. So uh, he spent over five thousand dollars on lawn signs. Holy shit! He should have went to tops. I'll tell you that. Yeah, he should have <laughs> gone to tops. It's right in the district, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, now five thousand dollars on lawn signs. Um, I mean, it's not as much as Rashid Wyatt spent. Yeah. But yeah, you know, first of all, Joe Golombek. He's running for an office he's already run before. Before His signs look exactly like they did four years ago. He probably had some sitting around. Right. But 5000 like, I would get, like, for a citywide race, if you spent, like, twelve to fifteen k on lawn signs, that's probably all you need to spend. Right. He is running just in North. Where he is a known figure. I mean, he should be. He's only been council member there for 24 years. Right. Well, right. I, I mean, I think Joe prescribes to the science do vote school <laughs> of political science. So, you know, um, I, I mean, I could certainly see it being like, uh, you know, a tactic where he mentally wants to overwhelm his opponent, you know, Eve Shippens and, and let her know, like, hey, this is my district. But 5,000 is fucking bananas amount on signs. But, you know, if you got it. 
uh, yeah. spend it. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, can't take it with well, you. Actually, you, uh, you can. You can, can take it with you. You can take you, it you, with you. You kind of can take it with you, unless you're a judge candidate. Right. Um, um, nothing in the financials, by the way. I mean, obviously, some... I guess eye popping number in the sense that he has you know fifty thousand in the bank, uh, but nothing. Look, this isn't like the uh, Walton uh, Everhart race where I'm like, ah, I don't know, India. Um, that's just an overwhelming amount of money. I mean, Golumbek, while he certainly does have a lot, I, nothing dissuades me from thinking that Chippens has more than a, a puncher. Well, I, 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 as I mentioned earlier, nobody lists volunteer hours in kind donations. Technically, they are, but nobody right. lists them. Shippins, unlike pretty much all the other uh, challengers, has received a bunch of union endorsements. That's right. And they're going to show up and they're going to do blitzes. They're going to do lit drops for her. They're going to help her. She, because she's doing lit and postage, that means she is having volunteers sit down and put stamps on mailers. She's, she's going to be using volunteers to do that stuff. She's not using mailing houses. They're going to put many hours into her campaign um, that you know is not going to show up on a financial, right? Well, and Chippins again, we've said on the show before, but Chippins um, and ostensibly her crew of campaign staffers uh, were the ones who were on India Walton's campaign, who won that successful uh, Democratic primary against Byron Brown. I mean, she took a lot of the battle-hardened staff, I'd mm-hmm. say, and look, expenses lean heavily on lit and postage. I mean, that that's something that a savvy, a savvy veteran does. You know, that's right. not. Not to beat up on the T-shirts, but it's not twelve hundred on T-shirts. It's like okay, here are the expenses that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right. it seems to be smart money. Yeah. All right, let's go to university. The 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 race that we we barely ever talk about. I mean, right. we talk about more than Lovejoy, but like we we don't talk about as much. <laughs> and that's because like person like the we just never spend any time in university. No, and we're short. And cha- we'll we'll talk more about that in a little um, bit. But so um, Rashid Wyatt, the incumbent. Um, so. As opposed to all the other incumbents that we've talked about, or the establishment candidates, where you know Leah Halton Pope and Everhart are the established candidates, where the establishment has clearly rallied around them, or Bowman, who's raised more money in six months than he raised in four years, right. or Golombek, who like like to a lesser degree, but still a fair amount, the establishment has rallied behind him. Wyatt is standing on his own. Best of luck to you, boy. Yeah, you're like you're like just good good luck, guy. Um, he started with 16K. He only raised about 6,500. Right. Um, and he spent 12K, so he's got about 10K on hand. Um, Everhart gave $50 personally. He did get $500 from Zellner, so he's not totally by himself. And $50 from April Baskin, but Baskin is more concerned with Holloway. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he got $300 from Pridgen. He did get $500 from Tim Kennedy, which doesn't matter. Like, Kennedy doesn't care. That's $500 is nothing to him. Right. Um, you know, the $50 that he got from Brian Bowman matters a lot more to Brian Bowman than the $500 from Tim Kennedy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but he spent 7K on mailings, on, on lawn signs, I mean. Jeez. That's a lot. That is insane. Like, like, I joked with somebody, I was like, is he running for county executive? And I didn't know. Yeah. Um, uh, and he is paying ECDC to do some of his mailings. Um, that's a, a, a lot of establishment candidates do that. Um, you know, they, they, they pay to get the mailers done out of ECDC, out of headquarters. Right. Um, that's fine. Um, you know, it's a cheaper way to get the mailings done without also having to, like, do your own labels and that stuff. Like, they just print everything there. Right, without having to have your own campaign staff. Right. Right, basically. So. Uh, uh, but, yeah, 
just like Alambic, spending more money so far on signs than direct mail or any way to directly contact voters is a little strange for an incumbent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, you know, yeah, it's a lot of signs, particularly, and one hopes that he makes them reusable in case you know what? he's going to run for something else. Well, it, it doesn't it, say for council, on right? It. Just like yeah. Eddie Eager signs, right? Like right. Right. Just, Wyatt. Well, the other is like you know, Columbic five thousand dollars in signs is a lot of money, but he had like you know he had over fifty and he raised a bunch of money. Percentage wise of what his campaign account was, it was a more absorbable expense. Sure, and he also knows that Eve Shippens, whatever her name recognition might be in the district has this experience. She's a teacher. She's got the, te- she's got the teacher's union behind her. Right. She's got a, a, a network of volunteers. He doesn't know mm-hmm. how seriously he should take her, so he takes her very seriously. Right. And so, yeah, absolutely. He just wants to lay it out. Every, right. every, a sign for every lawn. Right. You know? Wyatt, however, doesn't have nearly that much money, so spending even more on signs. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, you know, like I said, like total between what he had and what he raised, he's basically spent a third of his entire bankroll on signs. Right. And unlike Golombek, he knows his opponent. Yeah. He's, he, he beat her already. Yeah. And so he he knows or should know where her votes are, mm-hmm. you know, and where his votes might be at risk. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. This, uh, so, um, yeah. So uh, Catherine Franco, um, she did what you're supposed to do. After she ran four years ago, she terminated her account and started a new one. Very good. Um, so she she only had like five hundred dollars, which was like personal money. She raised almost eight k. Um, wow. Uh, she spent just under six thousand, so she only has like twenty four hundred dollars left. Um, she did do kind of like Galambic, where like she had just like a random like. It's an indiv- like instead of like a lot of people used to do like unitemized dumps, where, like it yeah. would just be like all unitemized in one thing. And you'd be like, that's more than $99, but I get what you're doing. You're just like everything. Right. Um, she's got random unitemized things in there. Whatever. Oh, I want to bring it real quick because uh, I know he's going to listen. Uh, on Joe Golombek's finan- financials, there was a $1 donation that was not unitemized. It was listened to Adam Bojack. What are you doing, Adam? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's that was some kind of test. Yeah. That was a test of the emergency broadcast system. <laughs> he was he was injecting some sort of worm into. Yeah, it's, I I thought about screenshotting it and making it like my Twitter head, uh, header. <laughs> You're fought, caught in 4K, Adam. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Franco, uh, the, Franco. Like I'm having a tough time like getting a read on this race again. I don't spend much time in university, um, but she did run four years ago, um, and uh, so she's got some more name. I, for ID sure. because of that, um, and experience running a campaign because of that. Well, and the terrain has shifted for Rashid Wyatt, right? Like, I mean, he's, like you mentioned, Jeff, he's the man on the island now. He doesn't have the same kind of friends around him. that. Well, know. especially because, like, it's, it, it's interesting that, like, one of his friends has been Darius Pridgen, who's not running for election this year, Right, could give more than $300. He could. He could. He's got some money. He's got some money. Uh, notably, it's the first time we've mentioned his name. Right. All these candidates. He didn't. He didn't give money to a bunch of other people. Um, you know, uh, he could have helped out more. But it was and, like, and in fairness, maybe he will. Maybe oh he yeah, will I mean, last it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's certainly a chance for like you know, this is the 32 day pre primary. There's another pre primary uh, filing that has to happen, and then your 24 hour notices. Right. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, you know. Wyatt is going to have an interesting filing for the 11-day pre-primary. If 
if Everhart and Halton Pope feel like it's it's tight whatsoever, they're going to have a lot of twenty four hour notices. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you said, like we, like we don't have like media polling. Nobody has polling listed as an expense. Although, like, there's lots of, I think, reasonable questions as to what Jack O'Donnell, his role in the Leah Halton Pope campaign uh, right. is. Right. Somebody's doing polling. Yes. Yeah, somebody must be. Yeah. Somebody must be. But I haven't heard about any polling. No. Any polling results. Nobody's whispered in my ear. Uh, but you're right. Somebody is. So uh, we've covered all the city races. One of the things I think is interesting in these city races is that, like, all right, Tim Kennedy's name and his financial. Like, yeah, we know Tim Kennedy's got more money than God. Um, but, like, he shows up and he's given money all over the place. Uh, some of the, the, the other, some of the council members, you know, Scanlon shows up, Fairletto shows up, Nowakowski shows up giving money to each other right. uh, as far as elected officials. The mayor shows up a couple of times. Uh, Pridgen shows up once. Uh, Monica Wallace even shows up in Brian Bowman's district. That's right. Sean Ryan. He's got a fair amount of money. A lot. Yeah. He's got a fair amount of money. Uh, he's not spreading it around. Yeah. Huh. It's interesting. It is interesting. Right. I mean, like, I get, like, you know, uh, you know John Rivera, who I you know, consider a friend. Like, John. John doesn't have a ton of money in his assembly. He, he's, he hasn't been in the assembly for that long, and he hasn't raised a ton of money. Hasn't really needed to. But, um, you know, I can see John Rivera. It's, none of these overlap with it. Well, I guess North does. Um, yeah. But he, not getting involved. Sean Ryan, huh, it's very interesting. He just, whatever, just taking the year off. Right. Well, you know, maybe because all of these are these heavily contested races, right? So let's leave out to some degree, let's leave out Lovejoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the Maston district and, and North and, and Ellicott, they are proxy wars. Yeah. And the allegiances are kind of complicated now yep. because the roles the various candidates have played yep. in, these, in this war. I can see Sean Ryan saying, I'm... I'm damned no matter what I do. Well, so the, best to do nothing. Right, because the other thing that I think about is, that, you know, Sean, notably, in two years ago, when India won the primary, it took him a little bit, but he eventually came out and endorsed India. And then, last year, when his own race was happening against Ed Rath, right. a lot of the leftist groups were like, you know, uh, Sean hasn't voted for the New York State of Health, so stay home. Right. I like... <laughs> Meanwhile, meanwhile, Ed Rath's campaign was using his endorsement of India Walton as a cudgel against him, right. uh, constantly on the radio saying, "You know, right. leftist, uh, baby killing." You know, right? You know, they were saying Sean Ryan they supporting were, India Walton, they, socialist. They actually said on like social media, like, "What well, him and Ed are essentially the same person." And I was like, right. "That's that's that's crazy." Like, should he vote for New York State of Health? Yes, I think he should. I, I would love to see him do that. But let's not say that him and Ed Rath are the exact same person. Right. Um, so, like, yeah, he's, like Sean is like, yeah, he's screwed no matter what he does. Right. Yeah, you know, like, he, 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 he clearly isn't afraid to, like, poke at the mayor or poke at headquarters by some of the things he's done. But, like, he hasn't been fully embraced by the, the left groups and the insurgent groups. So what, I guess he just, oh, I'll just hang out with my $600,000 I have in my campaign account. That's right, yeah. So, uh, just I just thought it was not, uh, food for thought. Yeah, uh, the other uh, assembly person uh, who represents the city uh, at all is Pat Burke. Pat Burke, right? Uh, who who gave a hundred dollars to Leon Halton Pope? I think that's kind of fuck you, Matt Deering money. Yeah, I would assume. Uh, and but also, he shows up in Brian Bowman's financials. Not as a donation, but he received sixty dollars from Brian Bowman. 
Yeah, what's it? The, was like a there like a bet? Was there something? Uh, kind of bet? No, Burke had a fundraiser, uh, and with his district being redrawn, he has a little bit of Lovejoy now. Yeah. Uh, and so Bowman showed up. I'm sure Bowman showed up thinking, like, this will be reciprocated. <laughs> Joke's on you. <laughs> right. It's in the mail, Brian. I promise. <laughs> right. Check maybe, your Venmo. Maybe if you were also running against one of my ex staffers, I would give you money. <laughs> right. Oh. All right, and we got one Republican primary to talk about. Right, the, oh, one, the one that baby. matters. There are some others out there. Are, there. Yeah, I, 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 I briefly entertained the idea of looking into the Marilla Republican primaries just for, like, fun. Right. Um, we don't talk about other countries, Jim. The, sov- <laughs> the sovereign nation of Marilla, you know. Yeah, um, but uh, I, at, I guess better sense took over and said, uh, Let's, let's not look at what Skip Gingrich is doing. Right. I, uh, yeah, I took it because you said that you wouldn't. I, I did. I have nothing to report. <laughs> okay. Um, so Erie County 10th. That is the ledge seat that is uh, vacant because former county legislator and uh, conservative uh, family member, standard bearer, uh, Joe Larigo, is now a Supreme Court judge, state Supreme Court judge. Not, you US, not U.S. Supreme Court, not yet. Now if, you, now, if you thought they were Give all time, if you thought they're all out of Larigos, Jim, I have good news for you. We, we've got more Larigos, right? There's right. plenty more Larigos. Lindsay Larigo. Now, do we? What's her relation? Family member uh, shares the same name. She, fortunately for she, her, she is married to Joe Larigo. Yeah. Oh, married yeah. to Joe Larigo. Yeah. Yeah, so she oh. shares a name yeah. and a house and a house. <laughs> so, um, so uh, but. Um, not the endorsed Republican candidate. No, no. To Ralph Lurigo, her father-in-law's great consternation. Yes. Yes, fury, in fact. I, in fact, I'm told that, that he is so furious about it that he has been holding, uh, you know, sur- sort of like uh, little hearings in his law office to remove newly registered conservatives from the party because he suspects them of being apostates, of being Republicans <laughs> who have who have joined the conservative party, not because of the, their true believers, right. but because they want to rob Lindsay Lurigo mm-hmm. of the conservative party line. Wow. Which I mean, sure. Yeah. It mean, could be, could be, could be, but anyway, could that's be. the kind of race this has turned into. Yes. It's a real, it's a real bloodbath. So, uh, so she has raised about 11,000. Yeah. Only spent 1600. Uh, Saving money for when the actual race happens in the last couple of weeks. Right. My well, note. My note here is: My God, is that Hormoz's music? Hormoz <laughs> <laughs> Hormoz Mansuri shows up for two hundred fifty dollars. Uh, I mad as hell too. Carl shows up for two thousand. Paul Clark, who Jeff and I both said we thought was dead, is alive and well. Paul. Yeah. Former former supervisor, Democratic supervisor in the town of West Seneca, and candidate for county clerk, Paul Clark. Right. Shows up for $50. Also, $50. He's a wealthy man. <laughs> yes. He could afford a little more. Dave Pfaff, who I just mentioned giving money to Joe Golombek, also shows up here for Lindsay Larigo. Uh, Bud Schroeder's there for $75. Bud. Uh, Bud Schroeder. And then, and then Amherst gets involved. Ah. Franz Poth St- and Steve Floss. Uh, Franz Poth is the town clerk in Amherst, endorsed Democratic candidate. Steve Floss is the endorsed Democratic candidate for highway superintendent in Amherst. Mm. Although, mm. although Floss, 
formerly was a registered conservative, and I think was a conservative chair in the town of Amherst at one point. Right. Um, so, and then, now, we're talking, like, okay, so she has, in her own personal ca- campaign account, about $9,400. Not a lot of money. Not a lot of money. But the conservative party locally... Has uh, a lot of money. Has a yes. lot they of money. They have a lot of money, and they will spend oh, and, every last thin dime. Right. Yeah. On I, I, this I, race. If you think her father-in-law is going to let her this just go and be like, "Well, best of luck to you," she is most certainly not getting the Rashid Wyatt treatment. No, no, she is. She has the entire conservative party uh, standing behind her, which is, of course, not a huge party, but it's a powerful party, and it's got. Money and it's yes. got, and it's got people who know how to run a campaign. Yep. Who now who know how to corner their opponents. You know. Yeah. We'll see. But what was it's shaping up to be quite the divisive fight in the Republican Party because uh, Jim Elcheski got the Republican endorsement. Uh, he started. He did actually have a, a campaign account in January, and he had about five hundred dollars, which was all from himself. He's raised over thirty-seven thousand, which again for a county ledge campaign is a a lot of money. It's a fair amount. Yeah. Uh, he's only spent 6700 so far. Again, waiting to, to the to the when that campaign actually happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and this donation list reads mostly like an ECRC committee person list. The establishment right. up in uh, backing up the Brinks yep. truck, right? Uh, former Congressman Chris Jacobs. Money. Uh, former county legislator and uh, uh, attorney for the county ledge and a town attorney and like every town, like especially Holland, Ron Bennett shows up here. Uh, Brian Fume. Uh, Former deputy controller under Stefan Mahailu shows up here. Stefan Mahailu himself. Stefan Mahailu shows up here. Henry Otozik. It's surprising to me, by the way, that Stefan Mahailu is willing to alienate uh, the Larigos. Just a side note. Yeah, because Garcia gives money here too, which is also interesting to me that he's interested that Garcia was willing to maybe alienate the Larigos. Yeah. Um, Otozik gives money. Uh, Former Niagara County chair, former. Congressional candidate, uh, OTB, uh, ne'er-do-well, Henry Watozik. Uh Mike Crocker, the chairman himself. Current chair. Uh, gives a personal donation from his, his home address. Uh, Melissa Heath, former chairman of the Town of Lancaster Republican Committee. Robin Sion, uh, deputy, county, uh, deputy uh, commissioner at the Board of Elections. Um, Steve Whipple, uh, head of the Erie County Legislature Republican staff. Uh, Tom Catrochi, uh uh, formerly of ECMC, Brian Rusk, Ann Bowler, uh, whose uh, husband is a state Supreme Court judge. Right. John Mills in the court. Uh, our buddy Skip Gingrich. Uh, and then Jim Elchesky also gave himself $5,000. Right. And Sandy Mignano. Sandy Mignano. Who, like, Sandy Mignano. Sandy for, for New York. Uh, you know, it's... I, 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 she must know him. Or maybe she must he, know him he, because he, otherwise, otherwise she would be with the Larigos. She would be with the Larigos, and she may be, but right. you know, this might be just a "you're my friend too." Moment. Right. Uh, speaking of "you're my friend too," in the corporate donations, while Caro gave a two thousand dollars personal check to Lindsay Larigo, uh, two ninety five Main Street had five one hundred dollars or yeah five one hundred dollars donations from the various like. LLC or like shell, uh, shell corporations that he runs that's, out of. That's got to be Billy Palladino saying, listen, I know my dad's crazy. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, $2,500 from Ochino, $1,000 from Custom Builders. Um, you know, and then uh, as far as like other campaign funds and packs and stuff like that, Garcia gave three ninety seven. It's a weird amount. It that's, is a weird amount. But that's because Malcheski had a $99 head fundraiser. Oh. Garcia bought three tickets for $297 and then gave $100 later. Got it. Uh, Frank Tadaro, the county legislator, gave $90 from his campaign account. Those freaks at the $1791 uh, gave almost $1,700. 
ECRC transferred in a hundred dollars. They should give seventeen ninety one every time. They sh- well, they, they, should. It, it, oh, they, they should, but it was it was over like four donations. They gave a total mm, of. Uh, yeah. um, That's hard math to do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's addition. Yeah, it's, it's addition. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we don't focus too much on many Republican races. Obviously, this is the most high profile one. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said it before, Jim. You know. Uh, Erie County Republican Chairman Mike Crocker has had a couple tests in front of him now. He, I, is this another big one? Oh, well, it's it's something because, like you know, I think if I think if Lindsey wins, Ralph is going to be willing to forgive them and make up with them. Yeah, there'll be a cost, right? But if she loses, he might hold a grudge and fuck with the races for maybe not next year because, like, next year is presidential, state, and state assembly, like state assembly, federal elections. Not so much, but in two years, he might fuck with them when it comes to local election time again. And I don't know. I mean, see if he holds a gun against Garcia. He'll be right. running for sheriff again in two years. We'll certainly see what happens. You know, who it might be running for controller in the in Erie County sure. in two years. You know, there's a chance where, like, yeah, you know, Larigo could certainly hold a grudge. You know, um, I don't think he's going to be do something like endorse his own candidate for Supreme Court. Uh, unless he knows he can force the Republicans to also keep take that candidate. No, more, more likely he's just he's, the the price on everything is going to rise. Yes, that's yep. that's the deal. Right, Th- those those breakfasts uh, out on Route 16 uh, are going to be more expensive. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the case. And as far as Cracker goes, you know, uh, the Republican Party, unlike the Conservative Party, the Republican Party is kind of broke. Yes, they spent mm-hmm. all their money to get their former chairman to send him to Congress. Yeah. You know, so this is kind of, a, which is why you have... Chrissy Kaboom. Chrissy Kaboom. Chrissy Kaboom Casilio is, you know, because she's self-funding mm-hmm. and because, honestly, the party is like, this is not the year that we can go all in to yeah. take out an incumbent who has already proven pretty difficult to take on. Right. Yeah, but both, both seems to be continually fairly popular with the general elected electorate and good at raising money. Right. They've tried a couple of times with what they thought or would seem like on paper to be like fairly decent candidates Yeah, and just got waxed. Right. I'm, I'm just saying though, I mean like, look, let's say Lindsay Larigo pulls this one out and then, you know, Chrissy Kaboom gets it handed to her. You look at Crocker and you're like, what is it exactly that you do here? Well, I mean, I, I, I think he's got a little bit more of a rope. And then like, it's a building year. Yeah, it's a rebuilding year. Yeah, I think they know it's a, he, he's on the Kevin Adams rope right now. Yeah. They, they know it's a little bit of a rebuilding process. Let's show some gains. That, isn't dis- that doesn't mean he's not going to get fired. <laughs> right, right, right. right. You know, he's, he's not in the position where, uh, oh my God, what was the, the, the former chairman they just got rid of? Oh. Simith. Yeah, Carl, Carl Simith. Simith. Uh, Carl Simith. He's not in where Simith, where you're like, you look, you 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 lost some stuff that you should have won, right? Um, and we and we had money at that time, right? And you should have won these things. Yeah, you shouldn't have been embarrassed in Hamburg by Randy Hoke, right? Simith, it, it felt like he never even got his name on the door door plate, right? You yeah, know? Um, you know, you shouldn't have had to like basically get bailed out by like Democrats in South Buffalo to save your sheriff's race, right? You know. Um, so, uh, Simith, he, he, you know, he was told he was no longer chair. Right. Uh, he, he didn't decide to step away. <laughs> uh, I think, I think Mike Crocker has a couple of years. Um, you know, again, like I said, next year, relatively kind of like an off cycle for him because it's state, federal. 
I mean, they'll, they're going to see, you know, what can he do against Pepperk, and that, right. and that's yeah. Somebody, I was just trying to think of opportunities, and that's like the one. That's the that's the one, you know, with West Seneca, you know, yeah. which used to be a, a strong Democratic enclave, yep. trending very heavily Republican. Maybe Wallace, but like they can't find a good candidate out there. Like I can't imagine going to run Frank Smearcheck back for the third time. Yeah, and that's trending the other way. And that's trending the other way. So. And 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 when her district got redrawn. They cut off a lot of like the more eastern near Alden Lancaster, and gave her better parts of Chikawaga for her. Right. Um, so, uh, all, you know, all this again to which I say, Jim, what is it exactly that you do here? Huh. <laughs> well, it, it, if if at the end of the year, going like he raises a bunch of money off of the races, and the camp and the Republican ECRT coffers have a bunch of money in it, then he did his job. Then he did his mm-hmm. job. He did his job. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know that. Uh, they have one of their uh, annual fundraisers, the Grand Old Puffer. Oh, that's the right. The Puffer. <laughs> the Puffer. That's... Um, and, and I have heard uh, from different sources that uh, there's a surprising amount of tickets still left for that. Yes, I, I've also heard that. Uh, well, it's a big walk-up crowd usually. It, that, you know, just people show up on the night. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, all those Republicans just walking down to the Bison Rod and Gun Club in the old First Ward. <laughs> that's right. So yeah, we'll see how effective he is at raising money. Right. That is that's his job this year. Like, if like if lightning strikes and Casilio somehow wins, they like, they definitely thought like Chris Collins was going to lose right when he first ran and basically self funded right because they were in basically like this kind of the same situation except back then it was that uh, Bob Davis had like mismanaged the funds for ECRC and Jim Domagowski was just trying to raise as much money as possible to like build them back into a. Uh, an organization again we'll see what happens um you know with cracker but like his job is mostly to raise money if lightning strikes and and casilio wins sure great if they somehow take back the county ledge i can't believe you just said that with a straight face (laughs) (laughs) and just kept talking uh yeah no if they take back the county ledge also sure great they don't really care yeah yeah i mean uh, you know and like that you know they don't really care like a lot of the towns uh, where they have candidates, uh, you know, they're not calling those towns back where, where they're looking for help from ECRC. They're yep. just, everyone's on their own. Yeah, just, just good luck. You know, like, <laughs> you know if, if you are able to defeat Brian Nowak and Cheektawaga for supervisor, good on you. If you're not, call me in four years, maybe. Right, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're not even, like, really making a giant push in Amherst anymore. Well, that was our buttery goodness vegetables episode here, campaign financials, as we wind down towards the primaries. Um, you know, we'll, we'll obviously still talk about them. We've got a couple big interviews to come um, here on the square as the weeks lead up to it, Jim. Um, but uh, yeah, this is when the action, this is like the, the, the action starts happening now. We're really into the, you know, the, the the falling action if you're well the person. I, I get like for the like, new mint uh, uh, like in most things money begets more money right and so these financials are like for a lot of these races the first ones that come out and so you know if you're looking say you you're interested in getting involved in the elegant race but you don't want to get involved in Leah Halton Pope you want to see just how much money did Cedric Holloway or Matt Deering show up with and, and raise themselves. Right, and what do their filings look like? Do right. they look like they're like they're professionally like managed? Yeah, like it's someone who has their shit together and is like paying attention to this stuff, or is it just like, oh my god, I got to do this, right. or or I'm not going to do this? Yeah, 
you know, yeah, it, it makes a difference. And it makes a difference too, because if you, if you don't have a preference in the Ellicott district race and you want to see who's serious, right? Like is Leah Halton Pope really the front, the front runner? I put that yeah. in air quotes because what the hell does that mean if we haven't seen polling? But, uh, there should be a ban, in fact, on calling anyone a front runner without a poll to back it up. Right. But you might be like, okay, that's a safe place to bank my money. Yeah. You know. Uh, or even like, even like, even if you think that Halton Pope might lose anyways, because other people have put their money there, they'll be okay if you also put your money there. Right. They'll be like, right. okay, well, like at least you you, you are you are on our side. Right. So, sure. uh, the, the, in that case, like the the very the, maybe the most interesting one is that clear divide in the tenth ledge district. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, because that those there isn't there isn't accounting. Yeah, to, that will be made. Oh yeah, I mean, who, Ralph Larigo especially is going to make a list and check it twice. Yeah, of that I'm sure. So, once again, thank you to the inimitable Jeff Kelly. Um, always an honor, a pleasure. All of, all of the superlatives here, uh, I feel, having uh, Jeff Kelly of, of the Investigative Post join us on the show. Jeff, um, the listeners probably know where to find you, but just in case they don't, where could we find uh, both Jeff Kelly and or Investigative Post reporting? Uh, at investigativepost.org. We are a not-for-profit uh, uh, journalism center covering issues of importance to Buffalo and Western New York. Wonderful. And... Uh, yeah, any anything uh, in the hopper? Anything coming up uh, that we should know about and keep an eye out for, or just the general? Just you know, we'll, as in these last two weeks, our coverage will also, I, I hope, uh, uh, get. We haven't been doing too much coverage of these races, but we should in the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and we got a lot. Of, we got a lot of good stuff going on. All right, well, stay tuned for that. And listeners, thanks again for joining us. Um, we're probably gonna. We might have a little watch party somewhere, Jim, for the. The primaries, details to come. Yeah, I, I, th- I think we're leaning towards like trying to get some people, to, if anybody's interested, on primary night to get together somewhere and have a couple of uh, soda pops and uh, watch the results come in. Um, you know, so if you have any ideas on where that could be, you know, hit us up on Twitter or uh, the, our Discord, if you're a member of the Discord, yep. with some ideas like where maybe we could get some people together to uh, watch the results come in uh, as we see these consummatic districts, um, the 10th ledge, and of course... Supervisor of Marilla and the results coming in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, guys. Gingrich, pull it out. <laughs> thanks again, Jeff. Have a good one, guys. My pleasure. Thank you. With Let's Go Pills, I wanted to make a beer that was similar to the beers I grew up drinking in in the tailgate. And I wanted a clear American lager that was crisp and and just really sharp. It it takes the classic American lager and and we we showcase craft ingredients made by locals, made by fans, uh, to be shared by fans. Bring community to all that you do and good things happen.